Hi, welcome back. It's a new year. My name is Dion and this is obviously another unfiltered agile conversation over bad internet. Uh, again, tonight episode reaffirming the over bad internet portion of the name because uh, we had a couple of Skype dropouts tonight where signal just went absolutely gone. So apologies for that. Um, but it's kind of in the name, so you should expect it. You know, I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> uh, tonight I'm joined by Steven de Villiers Graaf. Um, and we carry on the chat that we had last year. Not the two of us, but myself and Davi last year when we talked about process. Um, and tonight we take things a little further. I was, I was uh, uh, very excited to get Steven on board again tonight. And I was very interested to hear what he had to say. The man has got some interesting ideas. Some might say it's crazy. Uh, but no spoilers. You'll have to listen and uh, decide for yourself. We take a couple of hard stabs tonight at uh, process and governance. Um, and uh, I think it's good to, you know, as he mentioned again tonight, to continuously question and, you know, poke at things. You know, is what we're doing really worth it? Is it adding value? If not, why are we doing it? Anyways, that and more on tonight's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Again, apologies for the bad internet. And uh, that's it from me. Um, enjoy the episode. <laughs> I'm just going to close my windows here. Because uh, as hot as it is, I don't want my cars and stuff coming around and making some noise. Okay. Um, what's the thing that you want to talk about tonight? I know you want to talk about something about processes. Um, no, dude, I mean, like, I, that was just a suggestion. I mean, like, I'm actually open to, to anything. Uh, it we was can, just, um, maybe it, you guys were chatting about, but, um, uh, you know, along the lines that maybe process is just another form of, um, command and control. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about it. I actually wanted to... To quote you on some of some of your points, points that you mailed about, which is which is really cool, um, the stuff that stuff that stuck out, and again just stuff that you know, I think you know, we just constantly need to remind ourselves about. Um, the oh, by the way, um, how's your phone signal where you are? Because you you you've cut out twice now. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay that's weird because i mean like um something yeah, that you, never you, happens <laughs> not from you at least anyways let's let's see how it goes okay cool man if it does happen well we we're covered in the, in the name of the podcast so that should be fine <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is true oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay What's the time now? Almost half. Oh my goodness! <sighs> I'm so freaking tired. Um, so last time we we Darby and I chatted about about uh, process a bit. Um, obviously trying to keep an open mind about everything. Um, by the way, um, he asked he asked <laughs> he asked me, and I forgot to to ask you. Um, how would you have rated <laughs> that chat out of 10? <laughs> no, it was a good chat. It was a good chat. Because um, he's like, it's like, what, 
what's it good? I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't anyways. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no. I'm like, dude, it's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> No, the, the, the comment, the comments that I made, like I, um, I said right up front, it wasn't, it was no, by no means, um, uh, like a critique or anything like that. It was, um, I actually purposely, um, I wrote the notes as I was listening to it, so it would have been like my my on the fly response. Oh yeah. So so um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure it would have uh, would have sparked um, more debate and um, uh, pitchforks and uh, burning torches and stuff <laughs> <There's> a, <laughs> yeah they, 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 there's a couple of there's a couple of points here that um really stuck with me and again i think it's i, th I think uh, I, I don't know maybe just because um well i may be only like three years into it but i think it's a i think especially when it comes to chatting about agile and process one has to be very careful about the type of wording that <laughs> that one uses because people People uh, associate, you know, certain words with you know, certain ideas. Um, and, and the one which is extremely popular in the Agile space, and you commented about it as well, uh, which is why I'm mentioning it, is the working faster thing. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's ultimately the, you know, the, you know, the pitfall that you fall into, right? Um, you know, so, and it's also the main reasons why most organizations, you know, most, well, I say maybe corporate organizations, when they see Agile for the first time, you know, people come to the selling point of, well, uh, people will be able to, you know, work more efficiently. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? And ultimately, it boils down to fast. Oh, fast. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay, cool. Let's do this. No, 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 no. And then they all focus on the faster thing. Um and uh, your quote here is very apt. Um, agility is not about working fast at all. Agility is about generating more value with less work. Um, which, most of the times, <laughs> 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 yes, it does result in teams, I wouldn't say working faster, I would say teams responding faster or maybe adapting faster, but that's only because they eliminating waste they eliminating fat you know so and again you mentioned this as well later on in in the in your in your in your list of notes um, <laughs> <laughs> um one of the key principles in agile which is to maximize the amount of work not done um and the biggest issue with process as well um is and uh, process if i say process i'm thinking here about governance as well is sometimes there's just stuff that needs to be done for the sake of you know, stuff that has to be done. So we currently have um, this major documentation flow, workflow that we need to work through um, in order to release something, right? So you create a ticket and then this ticket gets approved by the architect and then it gets approved then by another guy. And then you can start doing the work and then you do the work and then it needs to go to this person for approval and sign off and then that person and this and that and all of this. I can understand why it's there, but if you physically want to get the thing out faster, um, typically, you know, when it comes to these, you know, a, a classic example is, is, is uh, take any corporate environment, right? With the most strict, most strict and rigid of rules, governance in place. 
when push comes to shove at the end of the year, that last week before the code freeze kicks in, how do you think most of the guys are then on the um, need to specifically follow those rules? <laughs> no, it's cool. We can take a shortcut here. We can take a shortcut there. And what most people then usually do is they just start talking to each other. Listen, yes, we haven't done this, but we need to do this and this and this. And the most of the time, people are fine with it, you know. Um, so, again, there, you know, um, do you really need all of that governance, all of that yeah. rules? Um, and well, Dion, from, from my point of view, a lot of those rules, and, um, well, actually, in a lot of cases, all of those rules are there for one reason and one reason alone is to, um, it's, it's, it's to satisfy, um, organizations that are absolutely and utterly risk averse. Um, but it makes no sense whatsoever. So, um, I mean, you take a look at uh, the whole concept of a code freeze at the end of the year. I think it's absolutely bloody idiotic. Um, <laughs> no, what are, what are they trying to do? They're artificially trying to freeze a code base. Mm. Um, so that it's more stable. Mm. Um, okay, great, great idea, but absolutely wrong way to do it. Um, so you, you freeze the base over um, the end of the year. Big yeah. hairy deal because for 90% of the year, you are trying to shoehorn all the shit you can imagine into your code base. Yeah. So for, for, for one month, you, you freeze the code base, but for 11 months, you will stuff anything and everything that your heart desires into this code base. It's absolutely ridiculous. So um, when, when I when I talk about um, uh, you know maximize the amount of work not done, um, the, the, you you need to have people that are critically looking at those requirements and saying I don't need this, and yes I need this, and 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 what you put into that code base is absolutely necessary. I mean I was chatting to yeah. um, chatting to um, uh, the the GM from uh i won't mention companies yet uh he's a really he's no but he's a good guy yeah. um I was ch ch chatting to him and like um the, the same thing pops up time and time again you know um we want to deliver faster and i'm and i said to him straight i said look this is bullshit you don't want to deliver faster you want to deliver the right thing to the right people at the right at time, the right time yeah. that's all you want to do that's all you want to do. I mean, if I had the choice between the right thing to the right person at the right time or fast, mm. it's a no-brainer. Mm. So anyway, that, that's just my little rant about, um, about code freezes and governance. So <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's, a counter, there's a different way to look at it. And I mean, and I've, I've experienced this you know, um, in, uh, in companies as well. Okay, cool. So... There's all these processes in place, all these checks and balances in place to make sure that I don't make a mistake. So I'm not going to be too critical about my work when I, when, when, when I check it in or when I code my stuff. I'm not going to worry about it too much. I'm not going to be concerned about my code quality too much because there are other people and there are checks and balances that's going to make sure that I don't mess up. Oh, absolutely. That's, but I mean, th now, th this now, is now, 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 again, uh, you mentioning delivering the right thing to the right people at the right time. Am I now still delivering the, the right thing? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's, did I, did I make sure that what I'm delivering is in line with, you know, let's say the documentation that the client signed off on, on the screens and the way they look like, or they wanted to look like whatever. 
Uh, no, maybe, maybe not. I don't care because there's people there that can double check and then they'll let me know if it's wrong. And if it's wrong, then I'll fix it. And then I can go back to then and I can test again. So it can also be said that all of these rules and uh, governance and all of that stuff actually makes, you know, makes us lazy. And taking that, taking that, um, taking those walls away, you know, those safeguards away, no, ultimately, and I mean, Agile is in, uh, in favor of this. Agile no, the forces, forces the, the guys to be more responsible. So that when you do your work and you check it in, you make sure that, you no, know, to the best of your ability, that sucker is bug free. You've put stuff in place to make sure that it's bug free, you know, unit tests and all of that nonsense. Invest in that. And that's a nonsense, but you invest in that so that you can make sure that when you need to do something on the fly, you can do it on the fly. You can go in, the code quality is good, everything works, and you can deploy that sucker. Um, and again, there, um, and I know Joshua, um, uh, oh, what's his surname again? I forgot. Um, but yeah. Uh, one of the guys I met last year at the at the conferencing, he's you know all about this, you know, investing in investing in things to make sure that your code base is healthy, as opposed to not investing in it and just willy nilly, you know, chucking out some code and then you know, hope for the best. I mean, one of the one of the core, another one of the core agile principles is that. You know that you continuously ensure that your code base is of good design, um, and that the best designs obviously emerge from uh, self-sufficient teams and and all of that. People forget about that. They think, oh, okay, cool, we can go fast, awesome. Uh, okay, now, but if people just go fast and churn out a bunch of nonsense all the time, things are going to break production. So let's put all of these rules in place to make sure that that doesn't happen and in most cases you'll find with these with these particular rules nobody ever checks anything they just i know you do something you say listen can you sign this thing off i tested it it works okay cool yeah sure sign off and then the message continues it goes into production and breaks <laughs> yeah but but the, the the thing there is process has been followed so process has been followed you've checked the boxes your ass is safe Yes. Um, yes. And and that's and that, and that's hugely problematic. Um, you know, I, I was um, I was chatting to someone else about um, about process and about um, how people become slaves to process. Mm. Um, you, you know, process is good, but but process process is just a tool. Yes. So if you if you think about um, a carpenter. Um, the, the saw that he uses or the chisel that he uses, um, absolutely valuable to being a carpenter and it helps that carpenter do certain things. Mm. But without the carpenter, those tools are absolutely useless. Mm. Or if you try to um, cut a plank in half using a chisel, I mean, it you probably could get it right, but it's going to be really laborious and probably butt ugly. So it's like, you know, there, there are certain tools that you would use for certain tasks. Yes. And... But the underlying fact, the underlying thing, the key thing is the carpenter has got the skill to use these tools. Yes. So the example I, I, I gave, the, gave the guy was, um, so, you know, um, and I've actually seen this. This was like a, a team that, um, that I coached. Um, so they, they were mob programming, like significant, a significant amount of time they were, they were mob programming. 
And every day they would have a, um, a stand-up. Mm. So, I mean, I asked them the question, why are you having a stand-up? <laughs> I mean, like, what value is the stand-up giving you? Yeah. Because a stand-up, the stand-up is a, is a, it's a coordination point. Yes. It's a, um, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a little mini planning, um, recalibration session. Yes. But if you're mob programming, no need for it. And you're together <laughs> all the time. Why are you doing a stand-up? There's no value associated with this. It's a cargo cult. Then the next thing was, well, you know, you've got the whole team together for a vast majority of the time. And you've got your product owner with you mm. for a vast amount of time. Why do you do reviews? Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? You've got your product owner with you. You know, you've got a solid definition of done. Yeah. You've got your testers with you. Yeah. When you finish the task, it is done. You push it to production. Yeah. Why the hell do you have reviews? There's no point. Oh, okay, good point. And then the next bombshell I dropped on them was, why are you iterating? <laughs> why are you developing using an iterative framework? You don't need to. You're working on a single piece of, a single piece of work. It's a single flow item. Yeah. Why are you working in iterations? It's offering no value whatsoever. It's Coming back to the thing, you're trying to cut the plank in half with a chisel. Mm, it's mm. absolutely useless. Mm. So we, we become we become slaves to process, mm. um, and we are most certainly, in many cases, slave to governance. And this is this is, I think, one of the key things that agile teams need to start doing is they need to start questioning everything mm, mm, and start with the stuff that you think is essential, mm, because that's mm. usually the stuff that is not. <laughs> That's a that's an interesting thought. Yeah, I mean, but you, I mean, Dion, you've got to be ruthless about it. Yeah. You've actually got to take a look at your governance processes, and you've got to take a look at the process, your development processes, and be absolutely brutally ruthless with it. Ask the question: Am I delivering the right thing to the right person at the right time? And if that's yes, well, then that's fantastic. You know, but if it's you're going, oh, I don't know. You know, well, every two weeks we kind of have a review, and you know, if we're lucky, we've got you know our product owner in the room. You're in trouble. You know, mm -hmm. the, your your process is not offering you any value. Start mm -hmm. dismantling the bloody thing and make it simpler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was really weird moving from a, a non-corporate environment to a corporate environment. In the non-corporate environment, and you know, before I moved into in, in the corporate environment, I was in a non-corporate environment for, I don't know, good six years, maybe six years, five years, six years. And um, we, uh, so my first job, right? Um, we were, I was working for the KWV and we built this vineyard and seller management system. The first iteration was just the vineyard and the rest was then, like after the year, we integrated and expanded to, to seller management. And a um, bunch of wine farmers, right, in the area, obviously, we're trying to build something, you know, to make it user-friendly for them to manage their vineyards and all of that stuff. Um, so we, uh, we were a team of, I don't know, five people, right? Um, and we would, um, every morning, or, yeah, I think it was every morning, we just had a quick, a quick check-in meeting, 
in our boss slash project manager slash, um, you know, it was a small company, startup, you know, multi-role. And we had a small, small little meeting, uh, what we're going to do for the day, da 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 and then we'd go and do our work, and I think we were like three developers, three junior developers and one senior developer. Um, we would do our stuff, and uh, end of the day, we would demo the stuff to each other, or if they have a problem, ask the guys for each other, whatever. And then we would do our work and do our work for, for two weeks. Um, we would give our program to once we're done, our boss would come, he'll try to break it, like a cool, everything is cool, he takes it home for the weekend, in air quotes. <laughs> We had to just call it because he was, he was a genius at UI design and um, at um, uh, what you call it. This particular word for the coffee slips of mind now. Um, but making stuff user friendly, right? So the whole aim of the system was to be user friendly as possible. Don't use words, use pictures. The less clicks, the better, and so forth. So he would make the, he would make the UI look awesome that we built. It, nothing will work obviously because he had broken all of all of the event hookups so we'd have to hook it up again and then they would go and deploy and and again um you know agile training starting here and i didn't realize it we would then i would say we but i didn't have a well, i still don't have a car but <laughs> i didn't have a car so the, <laughs> so the guys had cars they would drive out to the different farmers install the software in their machines and then ask them for feedback show them the new features Get questions. Well, what would they what would they like in the next version? Like a cool, make a list, come back, and uh, that was every two weeks. Every two weeks, we would get a list of new features. We would prioritize them, um, ask for one, like a cool, get one, and then off we go. But we didn't have any any governance there. Then I go to a second company, um, multiple clients all over the country, um, fairly big ones, um, teams of four or five people, right? So now I'm sitting there, I code or my, my buddy, my team codes or whatever. We check each other's code. Then the BA test the code and we deploy the code. We didn't sign off anything. We didn't raise a ticket or whatever. The BA says, you can deploy this now. And then we drive over to the company and we would deploy the software. And that would be that. If there was a bug, we would immediately go back to the office, fix it all, you know, um, if you know it was small enough to fix and we usually had like our laptops or whatever there, then we would fix it right there. We would test it. Okay. Awesome. Deployed Bob's uncle. And that worked. And some of the projects were huge things. Some of them were small things, but, um, again, and, and I think, I think the danger of putting safeguards in place is. It also, you know, it, it ultimately, you know, if you're not careful, allows you to become, allows you to become lazy or whatever. Or people might say, okay, right, fine, we have all of this governance in place because, um, it's another classic one, we have all this governance in place because um, people aren't involved enough. All of the different managers aren't involved enough. So there's a review checkpoint in our process to make sure that they're able to look at the content and evaluate the content. Now, but that's problematic right off the bat. Well, like, uh, exactly right. So they're asking the wrong question. You know, <laughs> um, the immediate question I'm going to ask is why aren't they involved? Yeah, you know, it, it's like it's like one of those fantastic things where people get irritated when you ask them to come to review, and I, my immediate reaction is, 
oh, I'm sorry that I'm, you know, uh, disturbing you in presenting the software that I'm building for you. You know, <laughs> if, if that's inconvenient, if it's inconvenient for me to demonstrate the software that I'm building for you to you, then maybe you're the wrong person. Yeah. You know, then maybe you should go away and I can work with someone who actually wants to see the software. Because you put it, you're putting steps in place that are it's it's a band-aid on a gaping wound. Yeah. Um, it, it's treat it's treating symptoms. The root causes are your your company is disconnected, and the the wrong people are in the room. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I mean, um, what did you say your your topic of discussion was, was again last night? It got me or tonight. It got me a lot thinking about you know process but not just for agile process but obviously governance as well and and that and then obviously when you have when you have processes that try to marry the two again yeah but i mean the the the, the point that we were making last time is obviously um that you need to start somewhere but can that my my question to you is can that apply to everywhere can they does the rule yeah, yeah yeah it's okay as long as you start somewhere apply everywhere or do you get certain situations or companies organizations whatever where you just have to say okay right this is wrong <laughs> we need to strip the stuff out and we need to start from scratch what do you think or, or what's your experience so far regarding that Yeah, look, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that you ever, you know, from from a from a coaching point of view, I don't think you're ever going to have the luxury of walking into an organization going, okay, look, you're wrong, stop, um, because that's the quick, the quickest way you will not be consulting there yeah. for very long. They'll go, that's fantastic, you stop and leave, and and that's it. Um, no, um, at the moment, I mean, I'm consulting at a bank, so you know, banks are traditionally extremely risk averse, mm. um, extremely um, governance heavy, um, and very slow to change. So, so getting a bank into an agile space or a, in a lean agile mindset is, is a journey and, a, and an odyssey more, more than, um, is probably a better, a better term. So, so with them, what I'm, what I'm trying to get them to get their heads around is the fact that, you know, nothing is, no process is going to be perfect. So start, 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 start with something. Understand that that process is not gospel. It is a starting point. It is, it is something that will get you moving. It will get you looking at things critically. Um, it will put certain um, tools on the table that you can use. But underlying that is, is your team. Allow your team to critically look at that process and change it and mm. simplify it and make it easier for them to use because it's not your process, it's theirs. So give them the tools, give them as many tools as you like, but then understand that none of those tools are gospel and um, you know, listen to your coach. And if your coach says, look, yeah, this is a good start, but I'm going to slowly dismantle it and make it simpler over time, um, yeah, uh, smile and understand that that's exactly what should happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the, uh, that was again with the previous episode, the key thing, the key takeout for us as well 
is um, you know not to get not to get stuck in that rut you know because your process ultimately is just going to become another form of governance and you know when you hear that thing oh I can't do this because this person hasn't you know done this particular thing or hasn't you know you know whatever you know then then you know you know time to time to rethink the way you do things yeah, I mean, you know, um, Dion, Dion, I think the, the warning signs for me is like where people absolutely lose their crap because, um, you know, your, your, your team, all your teams don't have uniform boards. Um, the boards don't look the same. Or why does team A have a burn down chart and team B has um, smiley faces on their board? Why? Mm. You know, why, why, why don't you have a burn down chart? Um, you know, th- that type of thing. Um Uniformity is, you know, you, you can start to throw innovation and free thinking and fun out of the window. So it's it's like one of those things. When, 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 those, when those type of things start happening, that's alarm bells for me. It's like, um, so like that example I gave with the, with the, with the team that's mobbing. So um, there are four or five teams on the floor. Um, four of the teams have stand-ups every day. The mob. Steven, Steven, you, you type of thing. Be flexible about the process. Yep. You, you, you cut out there for, Hello? you cut out there for a couple of two, two seconds. Um, did you miss all the expletives? Yes. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> you, you started with like four teams that are mobbing or five teams that are mobbing, four doing standups and then the one, and then you disappeared into the ether. Ah, uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, no, no. I was just, I was just saying, you know, you don't don't make any part of your process gospel. Um, it's not, you know, um, uh, fo- focus on the value. And um, if a team is is getting value out of a out of, out of a piece of the process, fantastic. If they're not, throw it away. And then just be absolutely ruthless about it. Yeah, it's the um, yes. Uh, just coming back to your to your list of of ideas. <laughs> Or comments. <laughs> uh, one that was really, again, you mentioning it now, um, and I think you quoted this from Jim Benson. Your process can help you. Somebody else's process enslaves you, and that is absolutely true. And it comes back to the uniformity thing as well. You know, the um, one team uses story point estimation, other team uses t-shirt sizes. You know, so. Now you have managers saying, well, well, you, well, we need uniform reports. So you guys both need to use story point estimation instead of t-shirt sizes. You know, it's, yeah. Well, you know what question I'd be asking there? Yes. What, well, no, no. Tell me what question you'll be asking. Why do you want the reports? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> why, why do you want the reports? Um, are, are we delivering working software to you that you can take to production? Yes, no. Uh, let's say, let's say yes. Then you don't need those reports. <laughs> okay, let's say no. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are the reports going to help? No. <laughs> why, why do you need the reports? <laughs> yeah. you, you need the you need the reports because someone they need the reports. 
because it's a safety net. And if they've got the reports, they can go, ah, yeah, this, this is the reason why. And it's nine times out of ten not. It's like it's this type of thing. It's like it, it's um, it's propagating your organizational like hierarchy. Mm. Someone up the chain wants some inane report on velocity. Mm. Why? Why? The bottom line is: is your team delivering working software to the people they need to deliver it to? Mm. Yes, no. Mm. It's binary. It, that, that's it. If it if it's no, you've got you, you need to fix it because you know that that that's what we're trying to do. That's the essence of what we're trying to do. So we want to deliver the right stuff to the right people at the right time. And those reports are a waste of bloody time. I was, I was, and now you mentioned velocity, I was, um, I was watching some planning video uh, by, by Mike Cohen. Um, <laughs> um, um, and, and there's something. <laughs> In uh, your face, Mike. <laughs> also, one of your many quotes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but um, the one thing that he mentioned, and I've never ever thought about it like this, like velocity like this, and it, but it like, it just dawned upon me. Um, and he mentioned like, what exactly is the point of no velocity? Um, and and his angle was, surely the only reason why you would want velocity is if you want to do, for example. Uh, release planning or something, something ahead of time, right? So you can put some estimations down, but they're going to be rough because not every sprint's velocity is is the same. They tend to average out, but they they they're not usually the same, or they differ from a couple of hours or points or however you want to measure it. But when it comes to the actual sprint, um, you know, estimating or planning your sprint according to the velocity is pointless. You just look at the amount of work that you no know, you can get done in that sprint or that needs to be delivered, and then you deliver it. Um, and I've never thought about it like that because I know I know a lot of the fixation around points um, is points with velocity. You know, so um, no, so uh, well we need to know what our team's velocity is. Okay, we don't. We need to know this because then we can do. No planning ahead of time and okay listen we cannot take on any more work for the sprint because you no know, we have reached our our velocity for the sprint um but uh, you know <laughs> your <clears throat> velocity again is just uh, a sizable estimation uh of pieces of work that you would you know see okay this one it looks more or less the same like that one so the points are the same but the, what actually goes on below, no, beneath the covers, you know, in the actual nitty gritty, um, the one might be a lot quicker because of I don't know um, some tool that you're using or or whatever. Um, anyways, it just it's just you no know, a weird way for me to uh, the weird way that you no know, not weird but just the way that he was talking about it and that the point with the the thing that you no know, velocity for planning. But when it comes to no future planning, but when it comes to the actual sprint, then you know you can pretty much just chuck it out the window and say, okay, listen, how much can we get done in the sprint? Yes, the velocity is a good guide, but you know, let's physically look at the work and what needs to be implemented 
on a technological point of view, how long is this physically going to take us? And then and then work with that. The other one, obviously, that he also mentioned, um, because, no, we don't use points, is yesterday's weather. So, again, there, also no velocity to a certain extent, but there you don't need any points at all. Um, so, it just comes back to the whole, you know, not to mention points, the, oh, you guys need to use this method of estimation, or we're going to implement this tool, this tool requires story points, so you guys now need to use story points, um, that type of stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's the, and again, it, you, you mentioned uniformity now, um, and I'm looking at one of your quotes, quotes here as well. Um, where, where was it? Uh, 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 oh, where is it now? Uh, we need disorder. Disorder, discomfort gives rise to innovation. And always a balance between order and chaos, and um, it kind of and, and coming back to the whole my process works for me, somebody else's process might you no know, might not work for me. Is you no know, agile is an extremely being agile or the process whatever process you mold with your agile journey. It's an extremely personal thing. It's personal for that team. Um, with every team that has unique individuals, we'll most likely find every team will have a unique look or you know, approach to the process that they use in order to you know help them be agile or whatever. Um, and trying to uniform everybody, however the honest and earnest the the, the motivation might be to hide, you know, behind it, you no know, destroys creativity. And you no, know, ultimately, you no, know, will break down on those various teams and the way they do things. And then you're going to fall into the trap of following the set of rules because you have been dictated to follow these set of rules so that you know everybody can understand what's going on. Yeah. No, I mean, like just thinking about that whole like you know um, the, the process is personal to a team. Um, I saw uh, uh, it's a really fantastic quote by um, uh, Antoine de Expiry, um, and he was, uh, and I, it, it just stuck with me. And and I think this is the essence of. Um, I mean, I could just sorry, I, but I, I agree with that. I agree that um, your journey is your own. Um, but the thing that um, that uh, teams need to understand is the process isn't perfect when you've got nothing left to add. The process is perfect when there's nothing left to take away. Mm, mm. So, 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 the essence of your agile lean journey is to simplify your process, to take your process and make it as simple as possible. Mm. Take away as many moving parts as possible. Mm. Um, and, and this is why I mean I, I'm, I'm pretty much. Um, moving swiftly away from this whole idea of, of iterative development. Mm. I think it's, I think it's, um, it's, there are too many moving parts. Mm. It's, it's not the simplest form. Um, if you, my, my, um, Nirvana at the moment, um, is, uh, is, is the whole concept of mobbing. Um, in, in mobbing, you've got practically, I mean, if, if, if you distill that down, um, you've got a, a single piece flow, which is pretty much Kanban. Um, and if you've got the right people in that mob, 
um, it's from inception through to done and that's what you want mm. um, it, it's the simplest thing with the least moving parts mm. um, so so yeah I mean it's, it's, an, it's an interesting thing and I think this is this is the this is the fun part um, um, a, a lot of companies are going um, like yeah let's do this agile thing and then they they're throwing process at the process at it time they're taking like the the big heavyweight um, processes like safe and going well you know this will solve all our problems uh, it's absolute bullshit and they're gonna find out the hard way by trying to solve their problems with process um, and the, that's the first the first piece of the journey it's like you know when, when children learn to walk um, the first thing they do is they, they trip over the cat and they you know fall over things and Eventually, they, they, they walk, and this is exactly what a lot of organizations are going to do. They're going to trip over the cat and fall on their faces and then hopefully go, or oh, why? Um, <laughs> I, would, I would love to be in a position one day where, um, you know, I could go to a company and they say, because this is, this is the way I envision, you know, if I take my own personal experience and journey so far with this whole Agile thing. Uh, <laughs> You know, that's interesting. So uh, my approach would be, a company says, we need to be agile, uh, we need to do Scrum or whatever. So go, no, 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 let's not get to Scrum just yet or Kanban or anything. Let's look at what you guys are currently doing. Okay, so uh, we have manual testing, right, fine. Let's look at a way to automate that. Um, we don't have any unit testing in place. Okay, cool. Uh, let's start building that. Um, we need to, um, we have, uh, we have too many interruptions or we, um, the, the clients don't necessarily know or aren't usually happy with what we deliver. Okay, right, fine. Let's get them in once a week. Um, they can just come and park with the pieces, whatever, and see what you guys are busy with. And then, and then they move on. The, the again, you know, um, cause I mean, the bottom line is. Agile isn't anything special. It isn't anything new. It's just it's a practical it's a practical way of working, and we've over the years, you know, the IT industry has has done all of these things, you know, just to make life you know difficult for ourselves, you know. So we've forgotten how to, to work smart, how to work responsibly, you know, how to think for ourselves, um, how to talk to each other, um, and look at any agile process and the underlying fundamentals that it's trying to highlight is exactly those things what you most likely find is if you just correct the disorders or not the disorders but these um what you call it dysfunctions that you no know, teams have and companies have where you know let's just start looking at minimizing your work then no, 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 you know they won't necessarily will need to. They don't necessarily need to follow Scrum or, or Kanban or anything. But they'll be working a lot more efficiently, and ultimately, surely that's being agile, <laughs> being able to respond to change faster, more accurately. Um, you know, having the right thing at the right time for the right people um, means you don't have to, you know, double triple check your stuff constantly or whatever because you've invested in stuff that makes sure that all of that safety is automated um, so that you have the freedom to do what you want to do for who you need to do it to get it out on time 
and Bob's your uncle. I think. No, I think. I, th- I think the, the, the way that I think about it is, if you if you go that approach, and you and you set the stuff, okay, right, fine. So now the stuff is automated, and deployments are going a lot more reliable and more efficient. Okay, cool. We're able to spend a lot less time on testing, and we can invest more on you know, software development and building more stuff and whatever, whatever the guys want. Then you can say, right, fine. Now we have the foundation. Let's now you know, work on the communication or or whatever, and that's ultimately where your your basic you know, agile process can come into play or whatever, based on the needs of the guys or whatever. But people always try to go the other way around, and this is again a massive frustration that a lot of companies have with stuff like scrum and stuff like oh no well we have now this two-week iteration now we have all of these ceremonies and we still need to deliver all of this work and we need still to do to do all this manual testing and all of this stuff and all of that stuff and it's like well (laughs) scrum or kanban isn't going to solve your problem then the problem is the stuff that's slowing you down is still slowing you down you need to look at removing that and now you know minimizing the amount of work ultimately that you know don't need to do and then you can you know, start looking at i don't know whatever yeah um I, well taking a look at scrum and, and like the, the whole fallacy about um you know the the ceremonies take up so much time um so <laughs> it's like okay so you don't want to understand what needs to be built okay that that's fine um then don't be surprised when at the end of your iteration you get something that you've absolutely no idea is being what's being presented to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's not it's not the time that's been taken up by the ceremonies. It's the fact that um, people want to shoehorn um, as much as humanly possible into a into into a small window, um, and and that that in that in itself is is a symptom. It's not yeah. even a, it, that's not even a root cause. The yeah. symptom is um, you, you're not delivering enough. So I need to make sure that everything I want is pushed into this team as quickly as possible so that I maximize my chances of getting what I want. Mm. And particularly if there's contention for um, for space in a team. But then this is the problem already because it's a self-propagating problem. Mm. It's like you stuff more into the team, the slower they go, the more you stuff into the team because they're going slow and you need to maximize. And it's just, it's a, a vicious, vicious circle. <laughs> the, the other thing as well is like, um, you know, in, in a lot of cases, um, they're, they're looking for Scrum to solve all their problems. Um, their problems have got absolutely nothing to do with Scrum or yeah. process. Yeah. It's the fact that people are not talking. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, like it's a case of, um, uh, you know, the, the business can't articulate what they want to us. So we don't know what to build. But in that whole, that whole sentence is just wrong. It's like, you, you know, it, it's us and them. Um, yeah. Fix that. Fix it. You know, you, 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 it doesn't really matter what process you put in place. Until you fix that, um, you're stuffed. You know, if you do not get the right people talking to each other at the right time, it doesn't matter what process you put in place, it's not going to work. Um, and, and the other thing as well, I mean, like, um, um, you know, I, I, I think um, – I, I, I think flow-based um, flow-based uh, uh, frameworks for me um, is the ultimate. I, I think mm. that's that's the way to go. Um, the, the the windows that are presented with iterative development, I think, 
in some cases actually forms part of the problem. Mm, it's like mm. um, pe- people get fixated on speed. Um, so how much can we do in two weeks? Um, they expect um, velocity to constantly go up as the team becomes more efficient, which is mm. absolute bollocks. Um, you know, even <laughs> even Scrum doesn't talk about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like this yeah. this is why um, you know I went off on Mike Con's um, uh, statement that um, then you know a team needs to move uh, you know so quickly that they almost spinning out of control. That's absolute crap. Scrum has never ever ever said anything like that. Mm-hmm. Scrum talks about a sustainable pace mm-hmm. and almost spinning out of control. That is not sustainable. And, you know, think, think about, you know, okay, tonight, this evening, I went for a run. Um, you know, so I ran 7Ks. A sustainable pace is, some, is something where I can start the run and get through seven kilometers without having a cardiac, you know, event. Okay? <laughs> so if, if I was running to the point of almost spinning out of control, I can guarantee you within the first 500 meters, I would spin out of control and I would die. I would probably have a heart attack and I'd be lying there and, and that's it, end, end of my life. Um, same, same with the scrum team. Why the hell would you want to go that fast? Mm. It's not, it's not the, the aim. The aim is to deliver working software at the end of your iteration, whether that's two weeks or three weeks or whatever, um, and present that back to the people that actually matter. Mm. Um, you know, it's two weeks. You know, you, you know, why do you want to shoehorn three weeks of work into two weeks? Because it's not sustainable and your team are going to burn out um, or leave. Mm. So, you know, the, the, other, the other little thing that, um, that I think iterative development um, propagates quite a lot is this whole thing around velocity and estimation. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute brutal waste of time. Um, people get totally and utterly fixated about, you know, how much can we fit into this two-week window? Mm. Is that number going up? You know, mm. it's, it's absolute crap. What does, what does Maybe, one point mean or three points mean? Yeah, wh- yeah. Uh, wh- why, why has team A got a velocity of 30 and team B has got a velocity of, of, of 20? Yeah. You know, let, let's, let's beat team B with a, with, a, with a large stick. Now, if you take a look at Kanban, Kanban, you've got cycle time and lead time. Those are hard metrics. They're, they're actually, it's real solid metrics you don't you know once you've established those metrics you don't need to estimate at all mm, mm, what's the point what's the point your cycle time is x your lead time is y done and I, this is what we this is what we're looking for i think this is the essence of of agile and lean thinking is to make things as simple as possible as simple as possible critically look at your process and ruthlessly cut out the crap that you don't need i think uh, now that you talk about this um one of the previous companies that I was contacted to, massive project, massive fund. If you don't meet it, it's also the first company where we actually did some you know, proper mob development, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, but um, when we got there, we obviously realized that this is going to work. There's a lot of infighting between into the departmental infighting and stuff. And the only thing that we asked for was a scrum master, right? So we got this one scrum master guy, and very good. We didn't immediate. We didn't suddenly do planning sessions and reviews and retros and all of this stuff. Only thing he did, he did, he did two or three things, right? So we had stand-ups, and he would literally just walk to our desk and say, "Okay, listen, what do you guys think today?" Okay, cool. Uh, do you know two or three questions? Any issues? No. Okay, cool. Off you go. Um, we decided to once a week as a team present something to each other that we have prepared 
um, no, or that we've written or something significant that other people in the team might might be able to use or need to be aware of. Um, I think once a week we um, had like a quick half an hour session with like the business guys and say, okay, listen, this is what we're going to do this week. Because uh, we had we had initial we had an initial list of features that we need to build, and we prioritized those features. We took it to the end to make sure that's cool, and then it's let's see, okay, cool, we go down the list. So we did this, um, and then they look at okay, cool, that's cool. We're gonna do this next. Okay, cool, that's fine. And then anything else that might have cropped up, um, he would organize the session. So we would just go talk to the guys. Okay, cool, done. Off we go. Um, but that was it. We didn't have any formal planning. We didn't have any formal reviews or retros. If you want to demonstrate what we did, I would call the business owner and say, listen, I've finished with the thing. You want to come look at it? They'll come and look at it. I'll deploy it or I'll, I'll, I'll show them in dev. So I'll demo in dev. They're like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, and then we'll deploy it. I'll test it. We'll test it. Make sure everything is cool. You're going to spec and then we're done. Um, and it was as simple as that. It was as simple as that. And in three months, we changed the entire thing around. It was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes you now we do set up, you know, traps for ourselves, and you know, especially in agile. You now we talked about this endless time tonight and in the previous episode. Processes aren't meant to stay the same. Yes, you start somewhere, but you know, once your process does stay the same, you need to ask very critically why isn't anything changing why is there no need to change anything you know is there is there a need to change are we missing something have we become lazy what, what what's the problem complacency is a killer yeah yeah to quote to quote stephen king which is like uh, you know he was he was asked once you know uh, the the essence of of writing you know and, and storytelling and he said, it's quite simple. Kill your darlings. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's rough. And I, you know, yeah, but think about it. You know, uh, pe people, people um, look at, at process as their darlings. Mm. So as a, as a scrum master, scrum is like, you know, the, the be all and end all. Um, mm. And, you know, you're not doing scrum if you're not doing these things. But the, the ultimate thing is, is not Scrum. We don't want to do Scrum. I mean, what's the point? Mm. We want to become lean, agile, and more efficient at what we do, more mm. effective at what we do. Mm. Um, and, and in that case, you've got to kill your darlings. Mm. And like, like I say, I mean, like that example with that, with that mobbing team, it's like, so you're a Scrum master and your mobbing team don't want to do stand-ups. That's absolutely fine. They don't mm. need to. Mm. Kill your darlings. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember when, because when, we mobbed and we literally just mobbed for, I think we mobbed for like a month. Um, and it was proper mobbing, right? So we had, we had two devs in front of the one PC and then our architect was also sitting there. Um, actually, we were three devs in front of the PC. We, were, we would rotate two seniors, one junior, and then a fourth person, an architect, would sit there and he'd be sleeping. He'd literally be sleeping. And if we had a question, because <laughs> we were using the mobbing just to um, learn the code base, because whoever had written the code base had gone away on like a honeymoon or sabbatical or something, it was sabbatical or something. 
Um, so this guy's gone and business is coming. Well, we need someone to make some changes to the software. And we're like, we, we've got no idea how this works. Let's put some head together. And then, so we would, so we, and our mornings would be, we'd come to the office, we'd sit in front of the PC. We'd go out for popcorn every couple of minutes or coffee, sit back in front of the PC, lunch, back in front of the PC and then you leave. <laughs> <laughs> that was our month. <laughs> every time we didn't understand something, we would poke our architect, he would wake up and, oh, no, 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 okay, cool, thank you very much. He'd go back to sleep. <laughs> we'd carry on. Um, and, and yeah, you, you don't need stand-ups or the planning didn't even because you're constantly talking to each other and if, if the business and business every now and again would want something new, they would literally just walk over to us. Listen, can you guys do this and this and this? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. We'll have it ready by X or we'll call you. Okay, cool. Sure, fine. Off they go. And the three of us would sit there in front of the PC. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Anyways. Yes, senor. I think I'm probably going to have to call it, eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was thinking of calling it as well now. We've, had a, we've got a, a good a good amount of chat in tonight. Yeah, and, and we had the bad internet, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Can nothing ever go right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, look, you did. Well, welcome to Azania. 